Now it's time for the Disney View podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his Grand Circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, but understands Disney's place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. Come along and hear Dave's thoughts about Walt Disney World and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, mantenganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, I did stay around for another day after I went up to visit the food and wine, and I got the chance to see, some, see and do some other things. I wound up going into all four parks, even though I really didn't intend to. My goal was not to go into all four parks, it was to do other experiences and do other things, but... You know, sometimes fate hands you things and you just go with it. So here's what happened. I decided to go over to the studios first. I already had a uh, Fast Pass Plus for uh, Toy Story Midway Mania, and I was good with that. And I wanted to check out what was going on in the Star Wars and Toy Story world to see if anything interesting was happening or if they were working on anything. So I headed over and uh, had a little fun with the Toy Story ride and then wandered around for a while. Now I can see where all the construction is going on and a lot of things are happening for both Toy Story and Star Wars. So there's a lot going on, a lot happening. Um, what, I'm find, what I find interesting is sort of the way the walls are coming together. As you look around, you realize it's hard to know where one land is going to end and another one is going to end or start. Because, in particular, with Star Wars land, because of its shape, it kind of comes up at a weird angle and is right behind what's going to be the Muppet land. I think that's kind of what's in mind there, is to make it the Muppet land. And then you've got the, um, the front part of the park that's sort of the old-timey Hollywood sort of land, so that separated out a little bit. And Toy Story land, I think, will be okay. You can... You can do some dividers there. It's just that weird place between where, like, the sci-fi dining theater and where the, um, the end of the Muppet Land are that are kind of awkward in the way they fit together. But I suppose Disney will figure out a way to make it work. But uh, things are progressing. I did go in and see the Star Wars launch bay to see if anything else had changed in there, and sure enough, it had not. It's exactly the same as I remember it, which is kind of mediocre. It's okay, but nothing great. And then I walked over and saw a little bit of the... Uh, I think they call it the Trials of the Temple. It's the Jedi training experience. And that was cute and clever. You know, not bad. Uh, could have been a little better maybe, but it wasn't bad. And then I walked over and saw Captain Phasma and the First Order Troopers again. And that show really leaves a lot to be desired. I'm not impressed with that. But it's okay. It is what it is. So shortly after I finished doing what I wanted to do there, I was just checking out the uh, My Disney Experience app and was looking to see if there were any Fast Pass Pluses available, especially for Frozen Ever After. And it turns out there was. And I was like, well. And it was a half an hour away from the time I was at. I'm like, perfect, I'll grab that one. So I went over and I did the Frozen Ever After attraction. And it was really quite good. So now I'm in Epcot and I'm playing around a little bit and having some fun and I don't know what I want to do next. So I'm just, you know, tooling around Epcot. Much quieter without the Food and Wine Festival going on. It's like a whole other experience. It's like going to a different park. It's amazing how different it is. So I kind of enjoyed that a little bit. Got a chance to, you know, explore a little more. Uh, very crowded during food and wine, not so crowded the rest of the time. So really kind of fun to be able to spend a little time and just wander around. So I finished up there, and the one thing I wanted to do, the other thing I wanted to do was go to the Flame Tree Barbecue. So after that, I uh, hopped on a bus and went over to the Animal Kingdom, which was great. Had a really good time there. I enjoyed myself and uh, was able to eat at the Flame Tree, wander around a bit, 
I like some of the, you know, off the beaten path trails, the ones that are, they call them the hidden trails. They're not really hidden, but they feel like they're hidden because they're off the beaten path. I enjoy some of those. I enjoy the uh, walking trails back by the animals. So I did those and I spent some time back there and I really enjoyed myself. It's just relaxing. I find the park to be extremely relaxing. So I got a chance to enjoy that for a while. And at that point, now I've been to three of the four parks. Well, how could you not go to the Magic Kingdom? So I decided to take a bus from the Animal Kingdom over to the Polynesian Resort. So one of my plans was to maybe uh, rent a watercraft and go out and just have some fun on Bay Lake in the Seven Seas Lagoon and just, you know, kind of go around on a watercraft. I had it in mind, but I was like, I looked at the time and I went, oh, it's a little late. I don't know if I want to start now. So I decided instead to just take a boat from the Polynesian over to the Magic Kingdom. And that was a really good idea. I got my time on the water that I kind of wanted, but it was just a single trip rather than tooling around. So it worked out okay. And then once in the Magic Kingdom, I was like, hmm, what should I do? So I decided to take the train all the way around on the loop in the Magic Kingdom. That's something I hadn't done recently, and I thought it'd be fun to do again, so I did. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good time. It was fun to just be able to do that and go around like that. And because I love the monorail, I decided after that, I take the monorail back from the Magic Kingdom to the TTC, to, from the TTC to Epcot, and then work my way back from Epcot to the studios to be able to get my car and head home. So, you know, I kind of had that fun of going on the monorail again, too. It really kind of worked out all so well. And I got to do a lot of things that I wanted to do kind of unexpectedly. I let the day just kind of come around me a little bit. I didn't make the decisions. They kind of flowed past me a little bit. Now, here's something kind of funny for you. I was a single guy going in and out of the parks. And Disney is upping its security game just a little bit. So a single guy coming out of the par- in and out of the parks in the middle of the day and so forth warrants a little bit of attention. So at three of the parks, the one, the one excluded would be the Magic Kingdom. And again at Epcot, when I came back through Epcot, I got selected, randomly selected, to go through the additional security screening, which includes the metal detector. Look, not a huge deal, but I thought it was kind of funny. Each time the security cast member came up to me and said, you've been randomly selected to come through. And I look around and I go, wow, some random chance, because <laughs> there was nobody else there except me. And I started joking around with the guys because, you know, why not, right? They're just doing their job. So why not have a little fun with it? And I got nothing to hide, so no big deal. But it was just kind of funny that uh, it worked out like that several, you know, four times out of five that I went through a gate, I got screened. <laughs> I was like, hmm, something about that is a little suspicious to me. I was surprised I didn't get selected at the Magic Kingdom. But I think the only reason for that was I was going in around the same time that people were coming in for Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, you know, around that 3.30, 4 o'clock time frame. So there was a lot of people that were being screened. And uh, I just happened to come through at the right time through the right security guard because the person in front of me got selected. And I have no doubt it would have been me had they not been selected. So <laughs> there you go. I'm glad Disney is taking security seriously and doing the right things. Look, I have no issue with it particularly. And that's why I'm joking with the cast members and having a little fun with it because I know it's not about me. And it's not about, you know, kind of picking on people or anything like that. I don't know that they do any profiling, but I would imagine I don't fit the profile. But even so, I'm a single guy coming in, so I get it. Now, something I didn't mention while I was over in the Animal Kingdom, I did take a walk over to where the Avatar Land is being constructed. You know, it continues to look the same to me through the wall that I, you know, the amount that I can see, though they've got more signage up now than they've had in the past. So I imagine they're hoping to open it in the not-too-distant future, though I still think they're many months away from actually announcing announcing an opening date. And also in the Animal Kingdom, something interesting. I heard the Rivers of Light show is supposed to start again sometime around mid-November, and actually it, it didn't happen to coincide with my trip. I think it was one or two days after my trip, but in any event... It was supposed to start again shortly. 
And as I looked at it, I said, hmm, that's interesting. They finally decided to restart it. And after talking to a few people around and trying to figure out what was going on, it appears as though the fact that Disney got the rights to use drones over their property as much as they want because they own the airspace around their property had some impact on that. Disney owns the airspace around its property, and they were uh, pursuing the FAA to give them the right to use drones as much as they want. They could emit light and do different things and fly in, and fly in certain patterns that would allow them to do some nighttime shows. So I assume, uh, so I had assumed that that was related to why the Rivers of Light was delayed. They were waiting for approval for that. And a couple of cast members confirmed that belief to the most, for the most part, that that was, a, uh, that that was related to it in some way. One other thing that caught my attention was there's still no replacement show in the Magic Kingdom for any parade in the evening. They still have the daytime parade, but there's nothing in the evenings right now, which is very, very strange. I mean, after so many years of the Main Street Electrical Parade, followed by Spectra Magic, and then followed again by the Main Street Electrical Parade, it is kind of strange that they don't have a replacement lined up. I would have assumed they would have had something lined up by now. But on the other hand, having a parade coming down Main Street does disrupt a number of things during the evening especially when you're trying to do different things and let guests move around the park a little more freely. It's a little bit complicated to move around, and i got to imagine that there was some factor in there that they were trying to figure out how to best manage crowds against what the parade bought them. Because if you're doing more castle shows, and you're doing more fireworks, and you're doing more things like that, and perhaps they'll use drones there too, it seems like they've kind of covered all the same space without having a parade that comes down every night and blocks traffic. So I got to figure maybe that's what's going on there. Uh, you know, they may come up with something early next year, but they certainly won't do anything before the end of the year. Not with the holidays around the corner and the crowd levels going up. So really interestingly, the day after I left, Disney decided to run one of their first drone experiments. They actually did it over Disney Springs. And they had, it was some ridiculously high number of drones. It was like 300 drones or something doing all kinds of things in the sky. I've seen video of it, and it's pretty spectacular and pretty amazing. I wish I had actually, had actually been there to see it, but it is what it is. But it was really pretty neat, and I was pretty excited to see what it looked like. And I think Disney has an idea on their hands that could really work. I think that's, that's pretty cool. I noticed something interesting. I was in the parks, and I was walking through some of the merchandise shops, and I heard several times cast members promoting the idea that you could ship something to your hotel. And... Back when I was a cast member, I don't ever remember promoting that myself. I don't ever remember talking to people about that and saying, hey, you can ship it back. Once in a while it would come up and you might mention it, but, you know, I realized it was a long time ago, but we weren't really promoting it. It wasn't one of those things that we really pushed. It did happen, and uh, you could get stuff shipped to your hotel. Today it's become more of de rigueur, where you're, you're doing it every day, and everything's happening, and you're getting the guests to send things back to their hotel. And, you know, they were touting it, hey, it's a free service, we can have it waiting for you at your hotel, blah, blah, blah. And then I noticed um, the next day, again, another next day kind of thing, that Disney's going to start charging $5 to ship it to your hotel. And I'm like, wow, it's interesting how it, everything's become this involved process and nickel and diming is becoming part of it. I heard about, you know, charging for something for wheelchairs now and, you know, doing other things where they didn't used to charge for all these little services that now they're kind of nickel and diming over. And I, I, I get it to a point, but it just feels awkward to me, especially since they were promoting the shipping service as a free service. It's just really interesting how it's kind of worked out. Now, on the positive guest experience side, here's something fun. I was actually visiting the parks, and I didn't purchase the photo pass, and I didn't get a photo pass card at all. But a couple of times, I had a picture taken on an attraction. And lo and behold, I got an email, uh, maybe two days after I got home, that said something like, hey, we've got some photo pass pictures for you. 
I'm like, okay. So I went and opened, opened them up, and sure enough, there were there I was on those couple of attractions where I know they took pictures. So it was Buzz Lightyear and the Frozen Ever After and so forth. And I was like, wow, that's really cool that they're using the technology in that advanced way. So they can actually figure out who I am and contact me directly and say, hey, we've got your, we've got your pictures here. That was a very positive experience. And that coupled with the uh, whole my magic experience and how everything worked, I think they've really got that piece of it captured. That piece is down. I think Disney really has that figured out. They have the true guest experience in mind and they give you something that's really pretty positive. I walked away with a happy experience. The whole, the whole experience was pretty good. They found me, they knew me, whatever, and they were able to take care of me that way. It was, it was pretty cool. I, I appreciated what they were doing for me. Now, I will tell you, I stayed at one of the Disney Resort hotels. Um, I was at the uh, one of the All-Stars. And it was pretty neat because uh, when I went to check in, they, they swiped my magic band to see if I, was, if I was a registered guest. And once I came back at night to actually go back to the hotel, there was a line trying to get in through the, uh, the um, guest gate. So I went through the, uh, by the security guard. And the security guard goes, oh, you have magic band on? And he just pulled out a wand and, and swiped and goes, have a, nice, have a nice night, Mr. Kennedy. And I went, whoa, cool. So the technology is there. And the way they're using it is really impressive. And I really, I really do appreciate what they're doing. It doesn't feel creepy to me. They haven't gotten to the creep factor yet. Now, I did see some people having trouble with their um, passes and getting in through the gate and doing some things. I didn't personally, but I did see some people who were having issues. Uh, they managed to get them all resolved pretty quickly. You know, a cast member would come over and work with them and try to help them out. Um, but it was interesting to see the little problems that came up. There wasn't anything major, but a couple of little things where, uh, you know, there was a little glitch and something would happen and somebody couldn't get in for some reason or one member of their party couldn't get in for some reason and they had to come and adjust for it. So really kind of interesting. Well, that is my podcast for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. And remember, if we can dream it, we can always do it. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then, gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes, I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there, please check out some of our affiliates. You'll also find links to Dave's iPhone and iPad apps. There's an app for pin trading, one for finding hidden Mickeys, and an app for finding and tracking pressed pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort. And you never know just what Dave is working on next. If you have questions, feel free to drop Dave an email at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Original music you're hearing in this podcast is Oslo Doom by Gilberto Gil. Of course, this is a fan podcast and in no way affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. 